We now return to our regularly scheduled non-John Travolta-related programming. And what a way to kick it off with a microwave fucking massacre. It's it, it, it's one of the movies ever made. So, guys, anyways, welcome to the Messed Up at Midnight podcast, the show that's like a microwavable TV dinner. Easy, convenient, and consumed by more divorced dads than Viagra. I'm your host, Max Steele, and as always, I'm joined by the connoisseur of cannibalism. It's Michael Flaherty, everyone. It's it's all cannibalism and hungry man dinners. I'm I'm really channeling my inner divorced cannibal here. I'm just it's all just hungry man's lean cuisines and just I don't know what. He, prostitutes that are killed off the side of the road i guess i don't know this this fucking movie sucks yeah this was this was like i said the intro this was one of the movies ever made and the movie (laughs) we're looking at it's the 1979 or 1983 I, i don't fucking know it was filmed in like 1979 but not released until september of 1983 horror comedy film microwave massacre it's it's about I was really upset to find out that this is not about a murderous microwave, but instead it's about a guy who accidentally kills his wife and then develops a taste for human flesh. Mike, what did you think of this movie? Allow me to sort of sonically just give you my thoughts on the movie. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to be so yeah. real with you. This movie is a wet fart of a movie. Like there is no interesting plot to this. There's no hilarious hook. It's your bog standard by the numbers cannibal flick, which mm. I know to many people sounds insane, but honest to God, there is a, there was a, a time during like the late seventies and early to mid eighties where cannibal flicks were like the, the the hot ticket item because like mm-hmm. cannibal holocaust is one of the big obvious ones that stands out during that time but this feels like just trend writing in the laziest way possible like mm-hmm. it literally feels like we're just just we just stumbled onto the equivalent of like one of those subway surfer tiktoks mm-hmm. <laughs> of I mean, the 80s i mean yeah that dude that's 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 a way to put it like the best way i could describe it in relation to this podcast is think if like you took attack of the killer tomatoes and that got mixed in with Texas chainsaw massacre two and a porno. The humor is like trying to be more in line with that attack of the killer tomatoes style, but darker like Texas chainsaw massacre two. And there's also a lot of boobs, but like take out any joy that you may be getting from watching that. Like it, it's just so bland and boring like mike said it like mike said it best this movie is a wet fart it's the problem is i don't know what went wrong or what what bad egg got mixed into this but they took they took separate ips and essentially brought them all together in in different styles like attack of the killer tomatoes is humor Texas mm-hmm. Chainsaw's sort of horror comedy and then just uh, boobs. And you're like, those are three things that worked mm-hmm. or work in some capacity because of some some draw they have. And for some reason, they just fumbled it. They mm-hmm. fumbled ba- like something that I feel like is like almost baseline with its enjoyment. Mm-hmm. Like those three have very baseline sort of hooks that draw you in. And the fact that this movie wasn't able to land something as basic as like stoner humor, Mm -hmm. sort of black comedy and uh, boobs. Like the fact that all three of those just didn't pan out, I feel like is more, it, it doesn't frustrate me. Like I'm not pissed that I watched this movie. I'm just Kind of bummed. Yeah, annoyed and bummed that this movie didn't... The movie had so many opportunities to be something hilarious, weird, and off the wall. Mm -hmm. And it just never took any chances. 
Yeah, because like, where is like if you took Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, like that movie has like a through line, like it's a silly like through line and story, but you could follow it like throughout. Microwave Massacre, the things just kind of happen for like no rhyme or reason. There isn't like a oh he kills his wife and now the police are on to him and then shenanigans ensue. No, it's just this guy just keeps on getting away with murder over and over and over again. We see some boobs and then the movie just ends. That's literally the best way I could describe it. Like there's just, it's like a series of back-to-back sketches. There's nothing, there's just no like solid point that keeps me invested. Yeah. It's, they don't get, they don't give you any, reason to root for any of these characters and they don't give you any reason to find these characters funny like with something like attack of the killer tomatoes where you had mason dixon he was on a mission to stop these killer tomatoes Mm -hmm. and he was silly but you understood his whole freaking purpose Mm -hmm. and you were like okay cool it's hilarious but i've attached myself to a character I'm going to tell you this right now. I don't even know the main character's name in this movie. I don't. I literally don't. Yeah, I I had to look it up. So for like half of the review, I call him by like a different name. And then I just kind of like switch just like right in the middle of it because I finally fucking figured it out. But I actually do want to talk about our lead for a second because he's played by the late Jackie Vernon. Now, imagine my surprise when I was researching for this, when I learned that Jackie Vernon was... The voice behind Frosty the Snowman in the 1969 Rankin and Bass Frosty the Snowman TV special. No kidding. (laughs) He's Frosty? Yeah. Fucking Frosty's got a taste for human flesh. Yeah, he really, he's got a taste for, taste for prostitutes and human flesh. And, and you know what? And brightening up, brightening up Christmas. Which I really think is the 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 cherry on top. I don't know. I think I think I need to, I think we need to reach out to the director and ask him to make it make a Christmas movie, like but um, oh a sequel god. to Microwave Massacre, but a Christmas movie. Oh my god! Just like how they did with uh, actually no, Silent Night Deadly Night is just a Christmas movie that they just kept going. <laughs> I was about to be like Silent Night Deadly Night Part Two, but then I'm like, no, that's just a that's just a Christmas franchise. Never mind. <laughs> No, we almost we also uh, for our lead, we almost did get Rodney Dangerfield, but apparently his asking price was a little bit too high, so didn't end up going with him. You know what? Good for Rodney. Good for Rodney. No, good. I, he, 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 he knows his he knows his worth. Absolutely. And God bless. He dodged a he I don't know if he dodged a bullet. He dodged he dodged a spoiled sandwich more than anything else. It's not It's not that this movie sucks. It's that this movie's just, eh. Like, he, he dodged a dodgeball, like literally a dodgeball. Like, you get hit with it, you're go. like, oh, That's no. Uh, but, you know, it's you're, you're going to go along with your life. He's like, yeah, exactly. Rodney Dangerfield's like, oh, you know what I'm going to do? Uh, you know, I'm just going to go star in Caddyshack. That's going to be more successful and interesting. <laughs> yeah, but, and something, I don't really have too much on this movie like you know factoids or any talking points because like i don't know when looking at some of these b movies they kind of take place like in their own world like off on their own island like except for like like with all the movies we've covered on this podcast there's like some at least vague connection with all of them to something like we can we can joke about we'll like have a hook and do like a pop culture reference like uh axe giant the wrath of paul bunny and we have like how our crazy person in that movie was related to charlie sheen or how like you know the movies are interconnected like i had to dig for this fact i was like there's got to be some way i can connect microwave massacre to the movies we've covered on this podcast but in one scene that features a homeless man digging through some trash that man is played by one roger one robert a burns now, Robert Burns is actually most known for being an art director on the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So I had to fucking dig deep to find some type of connection <laughs> you, back to this podcast. You know what? Hats off to you. Hats <laughs> off to you. You put in the hours. You did the time outside just working. And you found that the guy who plays pretty much like Rickety Cricket's granddad just... <laughs> 
was on Texas Chainsaw, which is like that's a weird it's a weird line to it go. Is. You know it what is. I mean? It is. It's you go from art direct like being the art director for probably one of the most important horror movies ever created, and then you go, let's keep this moving with a wet fart of a campy microwave based movie. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's keep it going. Yeah, I don't know. I, I always just find it so fascinating. Like I mentioned, how all of these like movies because like the director he made microwave massacre and then like two more movie like two more movies that i had i certainly hadn't heard of like like this was one of jackie vernon's last road the other actors that i could find in this movie didn't really do a whole lot afterwards uh so i can I imagine know, yeah I, I don't know right i just find it i just find it fascinating that like how some of these movies can come around they're just on their own island i don't know it's kind of fascinates me it's always it's always the most interest it's always the ones i guess hmm. what's interesting to me is how it's never something like um oh what's the uh what is the crazy what's the one that doris wishman did it's the um i just remember mama a, a night to dismember. To dismember. There we That's go. A night to dismember. dismember. Mama was a diff- Sorry, we have two dismember. <laughs> dismemberment. We've covered two. If I had a nickel for every dismember movie we've covered on this podcast, it would be two nickels, which you know isn't a whole lot, but it's strange that it's happened twice. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But so I would have expected a night to dismember to be the one that's on its own island, divorced from everything that we've done, mm-hmm. but. The fact that Microwave Massacre is the one, it's both, it surprises me and doesn't surprise me all at once. I'm just, at at each and every point, I go, oh, that, wow, I'm surprised that no one worked on this. And then I went, oh, wait, no, it does make sense that no one freaking worked on this. <laughs> like, it would have had something to write home about if you had... I don't know. Someone attempt to put an effort into this movie. Someone who maybe had a cameo on like one episode of Seinfeld or something. Absolutely. Absolutely. Also, in terms of in terms of uh I don't know if this is to praise the movie or knock the movie, but I don't know where to like slip this in, but I'm going to put it in right here. Mhm. The poster for this movie is absolutely gnarly. Dude, it's and so I'm good. So, it's so good. And I don't, I'm like, I feel, I feel duped. I feel like I got catfished because I saw this poster. And listeners, if you have the opportunity, go look at this poster right now. It is so intense. It's mm-hmm. It's this gory face getting microwaved and you see it melting and all this really cool stuff. And you think it's going to be a hardcore movie, Mm -hmm. but then it's just this wet fart. And I feel betrayed. If I, if I saw this in a grindhouse movie theater back in the day, I would want my freaking money back. Mm -hmm. I gotta be honest. I get so mad. Cause like, I mean, there's like, you know, you obviously have like some human, you know, body parts but and you know the occasional blood squirt but it's not like i don't know this grindhouse madness that i'm expecting from this poster yeah i don't even know i mean i was expecting a fucking killer microwave why didn't i get that exactly that's i gotta say again deathbed the bed that eats it's it it delivered on its premise it said we're gonna deliver a movie about a bed that eats people (laughs) and you know what they didn't throw in twink robert pattinson in there but you know what he was there too it's the fact that this movie not only has a boring plot with characters you don't care about but also the fact that i feel like it almost catfishes you with its with its poster it's just this movie's really painting itself to be a really unlikable film like it really is so mike let's let's move on to the most important question we have here on the messes up at midnight podcast which is this movie were a drink what would it be and why this pool is one one foot deep it's two inches deep dare i say there is nothing to this movie there isn't 
no one cared when creating this. And I know that I make the joke a lot that no one cared when creating some of these bad movies. But genuinely, I feel like everyone was just trying to just shit this movie out. Like everyone was just trying to get this movie out into production as soon as possible. So the movie is slow, but short. The movie has zero substance. It has boobs. It has a small amount of blood and it has body parts that obviously look like either wax dolls or mannequins. So boiled it down, I think this movie, at its core, is a dirt cheap light beer. Mm-hmm. Pull yourself out some Keystone Light, because think about it. This movie doesn't have anything remotely related to intensity. So it could not be vodka or tequila. There's no depth, so it can't be gin or whiskey. And it isn't even moonshine. Like, there isn't that, like, heart-pumping adrenaline that I feel like moonshine encompasses. Mm -hmm. It just feels like this really lame, just sort of side piece that happened Mm -hmm. and just happened to get main screen time. So we're going to do three ounces of a cheap light beer. Keystone, Bush Light, pick it. Okay, this movie's chiefly surrounding meat, specifically human meat. So, reach into the messed up of midnight liquor pantry and pull out some bacon flavored vodka. Mm. Is this movie vodka at its core? Absolutely not. This should not be the core of the drink. Pour in an ounce and a half of bacon flavored vodka. This movie's got blood, but only in small bits. Don't think that there's too much blood in here. So, For that, let's throw in an ounce of just berry syrup. Mm -hmm. You don't want a lot of the berry syrup because you don't want it to alter the color or do anything interesting to it. You just want it to be there that you kind of briefly acknowledge. Okay. Finally. This movie is so lame and it's so boring and the fact that and it's the fact that it's star quality is that it's 76 minutes is a sign is a bad sign so get an ounce of water water it down because there's nothing interesting about this it uh, it's a by the numbers bad horror movie now the movies it seems that the movies other key selling point past the blood and the human human body consumption is boobs. So go to your local sleazy part of town. I don't know where that is. Grab a boobs-shaped glass. I don't know where you find it. Google it. I want you to take that glass, take the rim of it, rim it with animal tallow and bacon bits. It could be beef tallow, pork tallow, pick it. Just tallow. Rim it, and that's my drink. Hmm. Interesting because we kind of cross over. We have similar themes, but I think we picked some similar stuff. Well, like it's like a 50-50 like between between our drinks. So Ooh, it was 50-50. It was cheap beer. It was bacon beer, vodka. Bacon vodka from when, when did we use that? I think we use that in John Travolta month. Bacon so cheap beer, yeah. bacon vodka, uh berry juice. In a glass rimmed with bacon, in a boobs glass rimmed with bacon bits. Am I am I missing something? I feel like I'm missing something. Uh, it's also a watered down with cheap light beer. Water, watered down. There we go. Inter- yeah. 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 I I can see that. I want a bit of a different direction with this one because you said it wasn't okay. tequila. But like for me, I'm like in my – so for my drink, I'm like, okay, it's cheap. It's silly. It's bad. But it's inoffensively bad. I mean it's – you're only – it's like you said, it's only 76 minutes. You can watch like – you can either watch this movie two and a half times or like Oppenheimer one time. So like, I don't know, pick, pick your poison there, buddy. So <laughs> uh, with me, I chose my base for this movie to be tequila because like I said, it's silly, it's weird. And you know, you see boobs when you drink it, but it's also not like as classy when I think like classy tequila, I think like, you know, mezcal or like a silver tequila. So I'm going to say, let's make it like some cheap gold tequila. Let's throw in two ounces of that. 
we have our main character. We have Donald. And he's like that like quintessential hate my wife boomer. So for him, again, I kind of agree. This movie needs to have some cheap beer in it. I'm going to say <clears throat> add in three ounces of Coors Banquet just right in oh. there. Next, we got cannibalism. This is like where horror comes from. Since this movie's trying to be like bloody, I'm going to say like fill it up with some cranberry juice. It's it's trying, but it's, you know, not quite there. Maybe water down your cranberry juice a little bit. Fill up your glass with it. And then for, as for garnish, let's add two cherries with the sheer amount of boobs that we see in this movie. But we're not done. To round everything out, you're going to take your concoction that's mixed with gold tequila, Coors Banquet, and then watered-down cranberry juice, and put it in the microwave for one minute or until it's piping hot, and then take that out and enjoy your drink. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Warm beer and warm tequila? Warm beer, warm tequila, and warm cherry juice, or cranberry juice. Oh. Oh. It's... All of that is bad. Also, love the choice of Coors Banquet, the ofi- which is in my head canon, the official drink of uh, guys guys who still make a uh, wife bad boomer jokes. Yeah, I feel like it's like the only people who still are making the like my stupid wife jokes mm-hmm. are the people who who will actually drink Coors Banquet and then defend it when you start dumping on it. <laughs> I mean, you could say the same thing about Keystone Light or Bush Light, but... That is true. That is true. I feel like... I don't know if I'd loop, loop uh, Bush in, because Bush feels like uh, the whole raise hell, praise Dale sort of redneck hey, listen, with the mullets. Listen, and- I had I have some good memories drinking a six-pack of Bush Tallboys for $5 in Thomasville, Georgia. That's... That- that's the most hick thing I've ever heard you say, and it's magnificent. It's magnificent. But listen, I got a little bit of hick, a little bit of hick. Absolutely, absolutely. You got you. You always have to have a little bit of hick in you. No, but I do like it. I think it's good. I think it's good. I think we both really covered the spectrum of this movie. I feel like all of our ingredients all play in a really, really pointed way to all of the themes of this movie, which are. <clears throat> blood boobs wife bad cannibalism yeah. yeah and it's literally it's not even like when you when, when you think themes you think like a deep like you know this leads to this which means which says this about society no quite literally is it's just boobs cannibalism <laughs> wife bad that that that's it that that there is no like message it's yeah Oh my god. Yeah. All right, so mm-hmm. so go crack open your drink of choice and let's talk about microwave massacre. So we start on a close-up of an old industrial microwave, eerie music, reminiscence of old school sci-fi. We slowly zoom in and see a decomposing head with no lips. We continue to zoom, music fades. I'm like, okay, I'm here for it. Next shot, boobs. A woman walks down the street, the title card, which I really want to know. Why the fuck is this woman just fucking strutting down, just like fucking Conor McGregor walking her way down the street (laughs) going to get some, I don't know, groceries or something? I got to say, this movie so quickly robbed itself of the eerie, interesting eye-catchingness that it had. Honest to God. Honest to God, I saw the, I heard the eerie sci-fi, old sci-fi noises. I saw the microwave. I saw the decomposing face and I went, okay, all right, I'm here. Done. I'm paying attention. Mm -hmm. Done. We got this. And then I saw boobs and I went, oh no, it's going to be one of these movies. I mean, mean, with a movie called Microwave Massacre, if it just stuck with the eerie thing the entire time. I think I'd be a little upset. I'm like, bro, your movie is literally called that is, Microwave Massacre. That is true, but you could hold on it for a little bit. You could have it be a little silly. Like, it's just just having it go from or go from like, oh wow, interesting horror. All right, now we know why we're all here. Boobs. And you're like, no, no, all right. Fine, but Mike, whatever. it's it's not just boobs. 
because we get random construction shots, an, a shot of her ass that goes on for way too long, more construction. We just cut back and forth. But at the construction site, we have like the YMCA twins and your fat uncle Daryl sitting down to eat lunch. <laughs> Well, the YMCA twins are just wearing like bell bottoms and like on a construction site. They look like they look like they're filming a freaking video there. It's just I definitely could see them both break out. Just go, young men. There's no place you can go. As just as exactly as your as your as your overweight uncle who lives way out there because the because them city slickers don't get it. It's it's such an odd energy. Like, it's such a weird energy that the movie has established between these three people who are so, who like, yeah. Who, mm, all right. Okay. So the woman, she walks up to the site while some like curly haired pervert just walks up and gropes her. Come back to the construction guys where one worker looks up at a hole and the woman's boobs are just fucking poking through it as she's getting <laughs> groped. And every single one of these construction guys are just watching. One it's, of the YMCA twins just fucking gets distracted saying like, oh, I have to go to the breast room and, you know, haha, boob comedy. It feels like it feels like the jokes are made it feels like the type of jokes that they would make in a porno. Like it is so, it's so bad and lazy and it's not, there's, it's not attack the killer tomatoes lady la- lazy where it's like stoner comedy. It's mm-hmm. literally like breast room. And then the guy like stumbles as he's running away and you're like, Oh, for God's sakes. Okay, sure. You're halfway just expecting like that Pornhub drum intro just to be coming and leading you right Exactly. <laughs> you're expecting the, the no, boom, 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 <laughs> Just gonna put the Brazzers logo just right here in the corner. Literally, dude, you already know. All you need to do is put that in the bottom right. So yeah, so uh, while one uh, horny YMCA twin, you know, wants to go, you know, go to the bathroom or whatever, one worker, your fat uncle Daryl, just sits there and has a fucking comically large sandwich that just has a huge fucking crab in there. He's got, he's eating a whole freaking Alaskan King crab on a bun that's the, that looks like it's from like Texas. It is massive. And it's just, the thing is, it also, like this movie, this, this movie is so weird because. Really? I didn't didn't notice the movie called Microwave Massacre was going to be weird. (laughs) Exactly. I know. It's just, I don't know what they're trying to do with the gag here. It's just, it's just a crab in between two buns. And they're like, oh, you're eating gourmet, aren't you, Dennis? And he's like, he's like, oh, sure. And boy, do I hate it. And you're like... (laughs) Like you've got a crab that's the size of a pizza. What do you mean? Dude, it's literally like he's eating a football in between two slices of bread. He literally he is. He's he's, he's green. Exactly. And he's like the, my favorite thing is the entire time he's bitching and moaning about it, like he has to eat like dog crap. And, and he's like, I wish I was eating bologna and cheese. I'm and, like, you have a crab, sir. That's like quality, I think. Yeah, yeah, dude. I'm like, what's your what what does your wife do for a living? Like, it's she's gotta be a, like a hedge fund manager to be able to send you crab sandwiches. No, this is one of those like sitcom families where the dad has a blue-collar job and the mom's like a, you know, stay-at-home mom, and they just live in like this really nice fucking house for no reason. Yeah, exactly. It's like the Brady Bunch where just where it's just it's the most obvious nuclear family. And for some reason, they're just a, a mansion in like SoCal. <laughs> OK, so now we go to the next scene. Our old woman is just outside with a box that just says microwave on it. And she enters the house with like this lar- brand new large microwave oven and talks about to the dog about how excited she is. We'll cut back to this, um, you know, crab Daryl guy and the other two YMCA construction guys are, you know, talking about music and crab Daryl just stands there and no one bats an eye that he's just holding a fucking crab. He just wants a bologna <laughs> and cheese and, you know, just insert insert crabs joke. I mean, it's the lowest it's, hanging fruit there. Like it's, 
they had to make that joke. You know, I know we make low hanging fruit jokes. We do, but that's this whole podcast. Man, exactly, it's low. It's low hanging fruit and nitpicking. But these guys, oh my god, I feel I feel like we're better than these guys. Look, the, they're just they're like, oh crabs. The only crabs are down here. And you, you're like, oh for God's sakes, man. Okay, sure. That's like that's yeah. like joke number one that comes to your head. Yeah, it's, it's too it's too easy. It's you it's you can't you can't just this is not this is not improv. We're not in second freaking city, all right? You got to you got to think of something a little bit quicker than that. Like so anyways, we cut to a bar where this guy Sam, a bartender, just listens to these two guys tell stories <laughs> and complain about their lives and wives and he just doesn't want to be there. He doesn't want to listen to people's problems. But we cut outside to where Crab Daryl and the YMCA twins are just Walking down the street, and they enter this bar where Crab Daryl accidentally gets a face full of vagina because a woman's on a ladder. Jokes, it's, I guess. I, what? It's I don't even the joke. The joke is so bad that I didn't even know the joke landed. I didn't even mm-hmm. know that they were making a joke. Literally, <laughs> they they make a joke, and I stop and go, and I don't process it until the mm-hmm. scene ends and cuts, and I went, "Oh, did they?" Did they make a did they make a vagina joke? Oh. Well oh, oh, okay. Well, you know, you and I, I made I know I made this joke back when we were talking about Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. And yes, I am gonna be comparing this movie and Attack of the Killer Tomatoes a lot in this episode. Just fucking deal with it. But with Attack of Killer Tomatoes, I made the joke that like these guys like took edibles and then like went to the grocery store and were like, huh, vegetables going vegetables or fruits coming to kill you. And, you know, with this movie, it feels like those same people like took edibles and then just fucking shoved their entire head into a microwave and just turned that shit on high and let it cook their fucking brain. <laughs> it's they they did instead of instead of uh, instead of getting stoned and going to a uh, and going to like a grocery store, they instead just stuck their head in the microwave for about a minute, pulled it out and went do you guys want to go to like a strip club or something? And then the other guys went, yeah, sure. It's a Tuesday at 3 PM. Why not? Who, who, who's got anything better to do? And, and then listen, they went, the wings, I have the wings a at a strip, the wings at a strip club at 3 PM on a Tuesday. Just fucking <laughs> smack. <laughs> you, they better smack if you're in a strip club at 3 PM on a Tuesday. So, okay. So the trio enters this uh, bar club, whatever, to see a woman dancing on the stage and crab Daryl just fucking sits down orders, complains to Sam, about his wife you know it just, doesn't feel very familiar i feel like i feel like we've already already seen this shit while sam just fucking talks about his hemorrhoids and how the humidity makes them bad i hate cool good to I, know i gotta say no. i gotta say sam the bartender is just i don't know if i applaud him or just want him to stop talking but every time someone walks in and goes I just can't take it anymore, Sam. He's like, I don't care. Don't talk to me. I'm here to serve you beers. If you want to talk to someone, go to a therapist. And they go, my darn wife, she's just really getting on my nerves. He's like, God, he's like, fuck do you, I, damn it. He's just, he's just like, do I need to put a fucking sign around my neck to say, do not talk to me. I will, I will fucking murder you. I love it. I do love his attitude of please stop talking to me. Please, I'm begging you. So, okay, so now then we cut to a living room that's just covered in just shit from Antiques Roadshow. And the old woman from before is just like singing and making some food. But outside, Crab Daryl arrives home. But we see inside his neighbor, some girl with her boobs out and some other guy and another guy wearing woman's underwear. And Crab Daryl just like sees the guy pull the curtain. He's just like. Okay, whatever. Cool. He's neighbors with it's, swingers, it, I guess. I, I do like, I, yeah, that's the joke. And much like the rest of the audience, Crab Daryl sort of goes, whatever. And he just goes inside. <laughs> and as the audience member, I breathed, the, I breathed the sigh of relief of, thank God we're moving to another scene. <laughs> so he goes in his house. Uh, Crab Daryl is being snarky to his wife. You know, this was the late 70s early 80s she nags him because he wants to sit on the couch but he's got grimy clothes whatever wife is making some like persiana specialty and crab daryl like you know better fucking be there when the microwave rings randomly cut to crab daryl just fucking holding a katana but it was just a dream 
It, he was all dreaming about killing his wife. It's I wife bad jokes are played out not good Dude, anymore. They're just they're, they're just so, so overdone. I get they're it. They so were funny. overdone. I get it. They were like you know quote unquote funny at a time, <laughs> but I mean I don't know. I guess that's a problem with watching like older movies. It's that it might have been like fucking hilarious at the time, but like you know I don't know. It's like almost fifty years late. Is it 40 years later? Sorry, I'm I'm not a math major. And oh. now it's like, you know, we're like, we're over it, you know? It's just it's, not funny. Exactly. It's just, it just isn't funny anymore. And on top of that, I don't know. I, the movie could absolutely be making you like side with the wife. They mm-hmm. could absolutely be shooting for that. But I don't think they are. Because the wife is like, hey, don't sit on the couch. I just cleaned it. You've been sweating and getting dirty all day on your construction site. And also, I cooked you a Parisian meal. Make sure you get out there so you can eat it when it's at when it's perfectly ready. And he's like, what a bitch. And then he just pretends to he just dreams about killing his wife as he ruins the house and mm-hmm. i'm just like i don't know i'm not on the he- i'm not on this hero side quote unquote hero like the person i'm supposed to root for is kind of kind of a moron and a jerk <laughs> like what yeah uh crab daryl now who by the way i had to look up his name is donald in this movie I don't recall them ever saying his name. I like I like Crab Daryl. I'll I for the rest of my notes I put Donald, but you know what? Fuck it. I'll just call him Crab Daryl. So he enters the Hell food, yeah. complains more about the decor. Wife serves him up, you know, turns the lights off, and she sets the centerpiece on fire for some reason. So Crab Daryl just whines. He just wants to eat. So they begin to fight. Wife calls Crab Daryl a walking contraception. They fight. Donald remembers the last time when they fucked, which was like in the 60s. And the wife is like, you know, some men still find me attractive. And then like rubs her body like she's rubbing, I don't know, mayonnaise all over it or some shit. And <laughs> Crab Daryl's like, yo, I just want to eat something like easy that I can eat with my hands. And the wife is like, you don't know how to enjoy life. Napoleon, the the dog that they have, not not the Frenchman, eats better than you do. <laughs> Napoleon Bonaparte is just sitting there eating out of a dog bowl and he just sort of looks up surprised. Uh, dude, honestly, this movie probably would have done that joke. They like, would if have. They, if they, they had a budget to hire some Napoleon impersonator, they would have done that. Dude, if, if this movie was as good as Airplane, they would have done that. But because they don't and don't have the writers of Airplane and are lazy, I'm so glad they didn't go with that mm-hmm. bit. It yeah. is. Oh, my God. So speaking of eating like the dog, we got to the construction site where Crab Daryl is eating a uh, dog food sandwich. And oh, by the way, the woman from the beginning, you remember her? She just fucking enters this construction site and gets flirted on by one of the YMCA twins. I have no idea why she's randomly walking through this construction site. So, yeah, she just kind of goes through. And the joke is, look, she's hot. That's 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 the joke. That is the this woman. Her entire bit is that Mm -hmm. she's attractive. And Mm -hmm. it's so it's so boring. It's so boring. And essentially her sole purpose in this movie is to walk through the construction site and essentially turn the YMCA twins into a freaking Looney Tunes cartoon where their eyes mm-hmm. pop out of their heads. They start hitting themselves with hammers. They go like, so Ooga, Ooga. literally it's mm-hmm. that's the sole purpose of this damn scene. And mm-hmm. I, I don't, why is good. it here? <laughs> it's not good. So like, the long, the long and the short of this scene is like one of the guys flirts, there are some bad jokes and he ends up making out with this woman. And yeah. So anyways, we're skipping that <laughs> crab. Daryl is now in his car and he waits for an elderly woman walking very slowly to cross the road. And he also has a shit ton of dog food in his car. Neat. So back at the bar, Sam talks to crab. Daryl, who's trying to fall asleep. And Sam's like, yo, go talk to your wife. And, and crab. Daryl like, I think I will. Back outside Crab Daryl's house. Another mm-hmm. joke about his blonde neighbor who has a cat and he says, nice pussy. That's they they that's really the joke. They harp on this damn neighbor. They mm-hmm. really do. But it's, it doesn't lead to anything. 
it leads it, to nothing. I was thinking, okay, well, maybe like this, maybe, you know, they're setting this up so they can lead to the end of the movie where Crab Daryl ends up killing the neighbor and eating the neighbor. And maybe that's how he's caught. Like, you know, they're setting it up, but no, it just, it just stops. Like she just yeah. stops appearing in the movie. That's, that's my problem with this. I was, I was the entire, the entire time that the neighbor was on screen. I was under the impression that she was going to get killed and eaten. Every mm-hmm. single time I saw her on screen, I went, this is leading up to her getting killed and eaten. This is totally going to be like a big scene or something like that. There's no way they're going to have just some random freaking actress act sexual in front of Crab Daryl. But mm-hmm. lo and behold, that is all that she does. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Crab Daryl goes inside, just arguing with his wife some more. She's like, why do you want a bologna and cheese when I've been slaving over the microwave all day? Wife tries to force feed him some food, but he says it's terrible. Crab Daryl fucking drinks some water and then spits it all over his wife's plate. And yes, this is the traditional family values that the Republicans are fighting for. Absolutely. This is what this is what they're this is this is what Ron DeSantis is fighting for, all right? This is what this is what Hunter Biden is 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 trying to take away from us. So the wife starts chasing them. Crab Daryl just opens a vacuum and starts emptying dust all over the living room, having a mental <laughs> like breakdown, a- just enjoying all these ant just destroying all these antiques. And just peeing in the fireplace, you know, <laughs> it's, like Mike's done plenty of times. <laughs> absolutely, you know what? We all, we all, ha- we all make mistakes in the in the heat of the moment. All right, Maxwell. Fine, <laughs> you know, you know <laughs> fuck all. you, Antiques Roadshow. I'm gonna piss all over your stuff. <laughs> Here's what I think about your low valuation for my vintage Rolex. <laughs> <laughs> so. They continue to fight. Crab Daryl complains about the food. Yada, yada, yada. He ends up fucking blowing, like, wife blows raspberry, and Crab Daryl responds by choking his wife and then softly beating her over the head with, like, a salt shaker, then sprinkling some out into his hand and throwing it over his shoulder and then beating her some more. It's uh, make sure there's no bad luck, I guess. No. I, I don't know. Hey. Dude, in your murder, you gotta be very careful not to get bad luck. Yeah, it's, it's it's you see him just like avoiding black cats and ladders and broken mirrors just the entire movie. So next day, Crab Daryl exits his house with a nasty hangover. His neighbor has another guy come over. Another joke. Goes back inside. Uh Crab Daryl's like, you know, hey, I'm leaving, but then stops to look at the giant microwave. And inside the microwave is his wife. I think her name is May. And Donald's like, oh, May is in the microwave. Neat. I done fucked up. He, I gotta say, for someone who, according to this movie's logic, got hammered and just killed his wife, he takes takes the notion of, he takes the notion of murdering the person he married incredibly well. He is like, he's like, he's like problematic. Which, yeah, exactly. That's a massive yikes in and of itself. But the fact that he just turns and goes, all right, Daryl, you made your bed. Now it's time to now it's time to cook it and then eat it instead of lying in it. Um, Can I just say I love the fact that like his name is Donald in the movie. We're like, you know what? Fuck it. No, your name is Crab Daryl. Fuck you. <laughs> dude, dude, OK, Crab Daryl is so much funnier than just <laughs> Donald. Like, that's such a OK, I got to say. I was so looking forward to this guy's name being something like, whoa, but it's just Donald. Like, it, it, Crab Daryl is so much funnier. So, uh, yeah, we're calling him Crab Daryl. Also, <laughs> funnier jokes than this movie. Absolutely. Absolutely. We are, Jesus, we are funnier than this movie. Okay. Also, the microwave is the size of a refrigerator. And it looks like it's out of, like, a Godzilla movie. Well, I don't know. Anyways, if, I, don't, I wasn't going to try to make any jokes because, like, I don't know if we have any, like, late boomers early gen xers that are just like you know yeah this is kind of how microwaves were back in the day you know but the yeah. young folks wouldn't know anything about it and i'm like yes that's how time works <laughs> yeah exactly exactly i don't spend my time learning about ancient appliances <laughs> brenda no uh it's <laughs> yeah i was i don't think it was the fact that the fact that it was the size of a fridge i'm like i i don't know about that one us but all right hey, anyways hey, let's let's be real though if that microwave was still around today it would still be working 
Just absolutely. You bet your ass it would. That thing is not built to fail. That is it's not like some it's not like some crappy freaking appliance from like 2005. This this shit is no, gonna last. No, when they made appliances back in the day, they made them too too fucking last. Like I know there were like refrigerators older than the two of us put together. Dude, it's you already know that that thing is gonna give you radiation poisoning, but you're gonna have a cooked TV dinner by, in 30 seconds. God damn it! So yeah. Uh, anyway, Crab Daryl monologues to the camera. Cool, awesome. Sets the microwave to slow broil, and then fucking leaves for the day. So at the construction site, Crab Daryl comes and you know has some food with the YMCA got twins trying to act like everything's so normal. And they're like, you know, why are you getting pedestrian food? I thought your wife cooks for you. But he's like, huh, lol, we're divorcing. It's back at the house. Crab Daryl cuts up his wife in the garage piece by piece. In their fridge on the outside, Donald, uh, sorry, Crab Daryl removes all the food from the refrigerator <laughs> and tosses it in the garbage to make room for May. He's like, you know, got to make room. And he puts all her body parts wrapped in aluminum foil in the refrigerator, including one that looks like a comically oversized penis which mike would know nothing about so he puts a hand a final hand in neither the would you asshole <laughs> so he puts the final hand in the refrigerator but the hand wrapped in foil falls in with the old food in the living room crabdale watches tv and it's some crime show and they're talking about like you know the perfect crime and the joke here is they're they're, they're cussing up a storm but they're like missing the censorship so it's like beep 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 fuck bitch shit beep 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 all that you know it's it's funny it's- Haha, ha, it's funny. They sound like Whistler from Blade, but it's funny. <laughs> Later that night, Crabdale wakes up, hears something howling. It's just the dog, but he goes out to the garage. He grabs a piece of food from the trash, takes a bite, and, you know, he seems to like it. Takes another, and he, like, announces his love for this food to nobody in the house, and then removes the foil, and it's her hand. But Crabdale was, like, shocked, and then he's like, why not? It's pretty good. Just, you know, casual cannibalism. It's, I, I, I do. I I don't even have words for this. I'm not shocked or anything. It's just I'm kind of sad. I'm kind of left going. Yup. It's he eats it and he goes. And for someone who just realized he's cannibalizing his dead wife that he killed. He goes. <laughs> All right, glass half full. This is pretty bomb. And he just starts noshing on it. Okay, whatever. Yeah, and then like the next day, he like gives some bites out to some of, you know, the YMCA twins. And they're like, man, this is pretty good, but this meat is tough and old. And, you know, Crabdale's like, oh, don't worry. It'll be better next time. So we go to the bar now where uh, Crabdale was talking to Sam and Don's like, you know, I'm having a good day today. You're a great guy, Sam. And then he catches the eye of some blonde at the bar and, you know, Sam goes to talk to this blonde, but she talks seductively, but she gets kicked out. So Crab Daryl goes outside and approaches her and is like, hey, you want to go back to my place where we can really get to to know each other? And by the way, also, the blonde's name is D-D-D, just triple D, just the way Mike <laughs> likes it. So it's... <laughs> It's hey, hey, these jokes, buddy. All right, it's one of these days, it's gonna come back to you. I'm gonna be quicker about this, and it's gonna come back to you. All right, listen, I I, I look forward to the to the day we engage in battle. Absolutely, it's it's you're gonna beat me to it, man. God damn. So, back at Crab Daryl's house, he's just like fucking doing chores while there's like this half naked girl just sitting in a chair. And she eventually is like, you know, come come here and then just lays on top of him. Well, Crabdale is just it, like, you know, it's been a while since I fluffed these pillows, you know. I, I got to say, for someone who is sitting there making the wife bad cho- jokes, when the time comes, when when the time comes, it seems that it seems that Crabdale is is awfully disinterested. It's just I, I just want to point that out for someone who's. He sits there and has someone throwing themselves at him, and he just goes, "You know what's a good thing to do right now? Clean." You're like, "What? <laughs> All right, man. Sure, whatever." So you know, we get we get like some of the most bland PG sex I've ever seen. You know, except for fucking Crabdale smothering Triple D's face with a flower pillow and killing her while these antiques in the room just watch yeah. her. You'd know you know a thing or two about bland PG sex, wouldn't you, Max? Oh, there you go. That's what I'm talking about. I'm coming, I'm coming for you, baby. I'm coming for you. 
what it's no, it's it's like, six, it's like 626 to one now yeah exactly it's freaking yeah it's two to like 600 <laughs> hey but you know you're making you're making the climb up man i, I look for, exactly. i look forward to it it's like mike tyson versus a first grader <laughs> so sorry i'm just getting that image in my head and i'm just like Ugh. it's just He's like square up Gregory, <laughs> just beating him underneath the jungle gym. So now in the kitchen, uh, Crabdale just puts Triple D's dead body on the counter and just grabs an axe to go cut her. Smash cut. Uh, Crabdale in the drive-thru with the YMCA twins, and they went like bowling or some shit, and they start like trolling the fast food worker. Keep in mind, you know, this is like some high school shit that they're doing, and Crabdale is in his 50s. It's we got to we I really want everyone to understand the difference. It's not that the YMCA twins are also in their late 40s or mid 40s or 50s and they just dress better and are in better shape. It is they are they're they're like in the mid 20s. Yeah. Yeah. They're in their mid 20s. Yeah, literally. So it's it's different. It's sure as hell is different. Hey, man, listen, being union, you know, you just. You make friends with a bunch of weird people. You know, you just that is like, true. you know, 18, 19 years old or 20 years old. And you just have like a divorced dad as a friend at work. And you're like, damn. And whenever he's not there, you're like, damn, man, I wonder where Dennis is today. I hope he's doing all right. <laughs> you're like, you're like, hey, where's Keith at? Where's Keith at? <laughs> Normally, is he is he not at the bar? I know it's 2 p.m. He loves hitting the bars at 2. So, again, more bad jokes throughout like you know we get another swinger neighbor joke we get um crab daryl loading up some more meat in the fridge talking to may's head some homeless this is what i, this, I think this is the guy that who was the art director in uh texas chainsaw some homeless guy yep. goes looking through crab daryl's trash and you know finds a severed hand that looks so fake and just uses the hand to scratch himself that and that, i i want to jump in really quickly i feel like with this movie with a lot of old movies, the effects do look worse. They mm-hmm. look worse, which is, which, you know, it's, that just happens expected, over yeah. time. That's to be expected. Dude, this looks like a mannequin and like, mm-hmm. it's not even, it's not even good for the time. Like mm-hmm. it is just bad and lazy on every account. Like, dude, I have a mannequin hand, like for props and stuff. And yeah, that's what it looks like. It's yeah, it's so bad and it's so awful, awful looking. But and then we get another we get another joke where uh Crab Deal goes to like a hardware store and is asking for like suspicious things, and then he like gets kicked out and the owner is being like weird and he's calling the Coast Guard and he's sh- like yeah, he's, he's manic. He's manic. He yeah, exactly. He's he's absolutely like manic or schizophrenic or see something it's just he just sits there like doesn't recognize his own reflection he doesn't pass the reflection test which like animals can so it's it's that's a weird vibe but all right cool more inserts uh naked woman laid out on a table covered in mayonnaise just the way michael flaherty likes it uh i'm uh, uh, I've always I was always a mustard guy, but you know what? You, just, you don't like getting lathered up in ketchup. I it's, yeah. You leave you you like getting lathered up in mayonnaise. All right, it's that's you look like the type of guy that would want to get covered in caramel, and for somebody to call you a dirty little whore. <laughs> you get your mayonnaise from the YMCA <laughs> on Friday nights. <laughs> no, I get them from these guys in this movie. <laughs> it's, it's from oh, them. Oh. It's the YMCA twins. <laughs> so yeah, the uh cut to Crab Daryl now seeing an ad for like mayonnaise and see some like Irish jig band playing and a woman in a chicken outfit dances. So Crab Daryl goes up and is like, you know, we get just a shit ton of chicken puns, and he brings her back to his place, fawns over now the naked chicken woman, and like there there are just so many chicken and sex puns in this bit for me to count. So it yeah, is a I, lot. Dude, he, he fucking kills her. What, what do you expect? It, it's exactly. It's <laughs> this whole scene is exactly how you boiled it down to. Mm-hmm. It's a load of chicken puns. He fondles her and kills her, yep. which is it's I wish there was more interesting things that occurred, but it's literally audience. Where is the plot from what we've been talking about <laughs> other than, oh, Crab Daryl kills wife. yeah it's it's literally crab daryl goes my wife bad kill wife 
think about life. Eat other women. <laughs> and you're like, okay, whatever. Yeah. Now we go to a therapist's office where Crabdale is just kind of like laying it all out, like explaining what he's been doing, like how it sexually arouses him. But the therapist is just fucking fast asleep. And he's like, oh, yeah. And then when he wakes up, he's like, oh, yeah, no, no, Every, everything's fine. There's no problem whatsoever. But Crabdale was like, wait, no, the problem is I can't make love to a woman unless I eat her. And the therapist is like, you know, that's a good thing. You know, you must go down on her. And if it feels good, just do it. Something Michael Flaherty knows nothing about. Hey, oh, this is just getting too easy. It's damn it. Uh, damn it. I was so ready. I was so ready. I was so ready. It's damn it. No, it's. You're just standing over there with your hand over the, the microwave massacre button. Absolutely. I was like, I, 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 it feels like Jeopardy, but you always buzz in before me. I'm like, I got it, Alex. I got it, Alex. I got it, Alex. <laughs> so, okay. More inserts of. Uh, Crab Daryl reading a book on cannibalism while human meat parts are in the microwave but then his heart starts feeling tight he breathes heavily you know it's probably all the meat that he's eating in the garage he puts up more meat talks to May's head some more head falls out of the refrigerator he looks down but the head's gone just magically teleporting he starts freaking out but then in the house he hears someone at the door another older woman enters the house she asks where May is but is not leaving it turns out it's May's sister She's like, I want to see her. She gets distracted by the dog, but turns out Crab Daryl has the head and is just like, yeah, just showing it to her sister behind her back. And Crab Daryl's like, okay, listen, I'm going to go get her. Like, okay, just, you know, just calm down. So he goes in, he leaves her to a room and says, you know, that she's really tired, opens the door, and the sister sees, you know, quote unquote, May in the bedroom. It's just her head in a blanket underneath it. The sister goes to check on May, sees that it's a severed head, starts freaking out, and then Crab Daryl kills her by force feeding her wheat bread. Um, what <laughs> the fuck? Oh, oh, it's why, why he just he he literally grabs her and starts force feeding her wheat bread. But the thing is. You expect now, granted, these are two people. One of one of them is both of them are obviously in their mid fifties. So mm-hmm. I'm not expecting it to be hardcore, over the top violence, where like like a WWE match. But mm-hmm. it's I'm at least expecting like he chokes her. But essentially, it looks like he bear hugs her, gives her wheat bread, and she passes out. And I'm mm-hmm. kind of like left there going, "Whoa, does she have a wheat allergy? What's <laughs> what's going? What the hell's going on?" <laughs> You know, listen, I thought I thought gluten allergies was something made up in the 21st century by the liberals. By the liberals. Obama brought in gluten allergies. <laughs> so, yeah, he he's just like now. Now, Crabtree was like, well, fuck, what am I going to do with this thing? He's like, and eh, not her. And then, like, he ends up putting her in a closet. She's alive and just has a piece of bread just stuffed in her mouth and she's tied up to a doctor's office dr von der fool this doctor a german guy who you know has a saw hanging and playing darts with needles but uh crab goes you know see her trying to get his heart checked out because he's got a pacemaker you see this movie does one thing it sets up that he has a pacemaker and it actually comes back the writer of this movie read a screenwriting book. He, it's, it was him and Fred Durst in a room together, <laughs> sitting down with their own with with how to screenwrite for dummies, and they just go pay off in fourth act. Okay, we can do that. We can do that. We can do that. It's just, it's yeah. All right, I, they did it. They did it, and I can't fault them for it. Yeah, so anyways, he gets a clean bill of health from the doctor. Cool. Uh, outside, we get a random cutaway gag of a car driving up with Bawana meats. Let us cater your next pagan ritual on the outside. And a guy wearing a tribal outfit drives up, gets out of the car. And then we just fucking cut away from this for literally no reason. I, I thought this was going to see. This is, again, foolish of me to give the movie credit. Mm-hmm. I thought that this was going to be an airplane thing where something utterly insane and ridiculous or Attack of the Killer Tomatoes since we're making that since we're riding that wave mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be like Attack of the Killer Tomatoes where it's they show up and it's some ridiculous scenario but it still plays into the plot mm-hmm. like it literally still ties into everything but instead it just occurs like a family guy cutaway gag and then mm-hmm. 
you just get back to it and that's annoying that's not funny yeah. that's just annoying yeah so we see the neighbor one last time for an inconsequential cutaway gag and also the wife still ha- the sister is still in the closet and she the bread in her mouth is rotting neat on the construction site Crabdale and the YMCA guys, they eat some lunch and they talk about, you know, there's like psychos apparently everywhere. Like something's like something's going on. We go to uh, Crabdale picking up a prostitute on the side of the road and, you know, takes her back to her house, takes her back to his house. And, you know, ends up killing her again. Kind of getting it's, tired of seeing just Crabdale just kill people. This is why it's. I don't know. It's exactly. I, I, no, no, I'm, I, I totally understand where your head's at right here because it's at this point in the movie, you are a worn out audience member. You mm-hmm. literally feel worn out. Not because it's like an ice pirates gaudy scenario where you're exhausted. And it's not like a Bucky Larson scenario where you're pissed. It's just like, at this point, you're just like, I know how he's going to do it. Y'all. This mm-hmm. you're what you're doing isn't gonna stun me. It's not like he invents new ways of doing it, or it's something interesting and crazy and gnarly. It's just she, the prostitute's gonna show up. The prostitute's mm-hmm. gonna show her boobs. Daryl's gonna kill her. It's mm-hmm. that's it. And you know what happens? Exactly that. He mm-hmm. do, it doesn't even show Daryl killing her. It mm-hmm. literally just cuts. Like, it feels like the movie at this point stopped even trying to p- give you the payoff of the kill. Mm-hmm. It's not it's even the payoff of a kill. It, it, it literally, literally just got lazy. Exactly. They literally just went, oh, you, who, fine. you're fine. You don't need to see the kill. She dies. And you're, like, you're like, that's the best part. You're like, that's that's the, the tension to the cut. Like, that's, that's the good part. But okay. Yeah, so uh, next day, Crab Daryl, Gums outside and sees his neighbor doing some yard work with a vibrator. Okay, that's the last we're going to see of her actually now, I think. So yeah, yeah. Uh, back at the construction site, Crab Daryl, YMCA guys are just like, you know, talking about their plans for the night. They want to go get some action. One guy wants to go see some wrestling matches. And, you know, Crab Daryl's like, I'll bring snacks. And, but he's like, but well, first I got to go by Chinatown. And at home, Crab Daryl opens the closet. And the sister is still alive somehow. We don't know how long she's been in this closet, <laughs> but apparently long enough for that bread to fucking rot. So in the kitchen, uh, Crabdale is just cutting up an arm, and we cut outside to a point of view shot of a person walking towards Crabdale's house. But inside, we hear knocking. It's the YMCA twins who just enter Crabdale's house. They just walk in. Dude, they just fucking walk on in. And they see that Crabdale has collapsed on the ground and they're like yo what the fuck they see the microwave and you know they turn the light on to see the arms and the feet and they start freaking out they're like oh fuck crab Daryl was into some deep shit so they open the microwave we get a close-up on the microwave that says this microwave may affect pacemakers so we yeah that's uh we get uh one last little gag where the house has a for sale sign they're moving things out of the house. They discover uh, May's sister, and they notice that some wires were messed up on the microwave. And we op- go to the garage where we open the refrigerator, and we see May's head, and it just eyes glow and turn orange. And dude, that's it. That's that's, that's- literally how this movie ends. I don't understand. Like it, it there it's was no very pl- anticlimactic. Dude, it's so anticlimactic because it feels like. It feels like the screenwriter just like wrote the script, had like an idea of something of where he was going, but then like kept forgetting, like uh, he kept for, he like wrote the scene for like, oh, he's going to kill somebody. But then he, for, then mm-hmm. like he maybe goes like a week or two without writing. He's like, oh, I got to write this scene. And he just keeps writing like the same fucking scene. And then he looks down and is like, oh, I'm already at uh, like 90 pages and uh, okay, a pacemaker and he dies that's it it's yeah that's exactly it. it's it's the same thing as when you're in high school and you need to like finish up your paper and then you kind of do the sort of final paragraph wrap-up equivalent of and they all lived happily ever after stop talking to me mm-hmm. like it's just daryl doesn't get any comeuppance he of any kind he just dies there is no payoff to the entire scene in general, like it doesn't, mm-hmm. there's no aftermath of people going, oh my God, how could we have, 
How could we have been so foolish? Or anything even, it could be an Attack of the Killer Tomatoes gag where everyone holds hands and starts singing. Like, Mm -hmm. it could have been a gag, and it still would have been payoff of some kind. They don't give any of it. It just cuts. Mm -hmm. the, the, The pacing in this movie is just, like, so fast, but it's also, like, only an hour and 15 minutes it's so fast, but it's just like it's, this movie's like a circle. It like just kind of keeps doing the same thing over and over and over again. It feels cyclical. Exactly. It doesn't feel like they invent new things or repeat the same actions, but try and spruce things up. Mm-hmm. They don't try and do things differently. They don't try and keep it interesting. They literally rinse and repeat, trimming down the kills. Literally. The wife gets this whole scene where he chokes her out, beats her with a beats her with a salt shaker, cuts her head and limbs off. Then the next person, you just shows her picking picking her up and then choking her out and then she's dead. That's it. And then the next one, she shows up, she's dead and getting cut up. And the mm-hmm. next he goes, "I got to go to Chinatown." The implication there is that he picks up someone from Chinatown and kills them. Doesn't show the kill. The only thing it shows is her hair. And you're like, oh, they literally just trim it down until they get to somewhere where they can't trim it down anymore. And then they go, oh, he dies. Mm -hmm. That's very frustrating in a movie because it's supposed to go in the opposite direction. If you're going to go in that sort of mentality of giving it more and more and more. You, you're supposed to have the grand finale, the big shocking moment at the end, mm-hmm. not at the beginning. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you hit I think you hit the nail on the head. Uh, for me, I would say this movie, like if you wanted to do like if you wanted to add this to your drunk movie marathon, I would recommend maybe like pairing this like maybe with like, a t- again, obviously Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, maybe a chopping mall thrown in there, too. If you're trying if you're going for like that silly, like. 70s 80s thing i think maybe this would make like a good like movie number three because it's it's just it's just pictures and boobs like it's just a nice it's just a nice picture and boobs that's it it's that i yeah i gotta agree i'm pairing this with i'm pairing this in terms of visuals sort of general overarching vibe with again attack their killer tomatoes mm-hmm. as well as yeah, Chopping Mall works. A Night to Dismember as well. I'm going to throw mm-hmm. in A Night to Dismember. I know we made a joke about it, but like, honestly, I think it would go Attack the Code Tomatoes is number one. A Night to mm-hmm. Dismember is number two. This is number three. If you mm-hmm. really want to, if you want to clue this in on something, because you get that whole 70s energy the entire way through. You get the gag and then the serious but silly and then the gag again. Mm-hmm. And it just gets worse, but you're getting drunker, so it kind of just is an even line. So I that's, I think, the order I'd put it in. Yeah, but anyways, that does it for this episode of the Mess Up at Midnight podcast. Go follow us on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. You guys know the deal, and stay up to date with what we got going on. And uh, yeah, Mike, do you have anything? Do you have anything you want to add? Any final thoughts about Microwave Massacre? It's, it would have been better if it was actual microwaves that ran around killing people. It would have been so much better. So it much better, have, dude. So much better. Dude, it would have been insane. It would have been hysterical. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, unfortunately, we didn't get that movie. We got this one instead. But anyways, we'll see y'all next week. See you next week, everybody.